Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. When I went down this list and started thinking about what are all the things that money can do for you, one, it provides basic needs and comfort. It gives you access to things, whether that's access to education, it's access to experiences, it's access to a coach, to people, a network. That's something that I think can unlock a lot of great things. It is access to improving your health. There's a lot of things that have brought me happiness that were tied to my health improving, that were tied to me experimenting with financial investments into those things that unlock that for me. What's going down, y'all? We are back for another episode of Money Moves. Boom! <laughs> We've been getting all of our sounds and our scene for giving you guys a great episode today. We, of course, as always, cover all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance to help you on your wealth building journey. And we got some great stuff to dig in on today. Mm. Some big news, some good news, some sad news, all of the above. As always, my co-host, Mr. Breedwell, what it do, bro? How is everybody doing today? Or, how, the, or tonight or this morning? How are you feeling post-Thanksgiving? First off, did you... I'm I, good. The salad would, did make a, an appearance. Yeah. I will say I forgot some ingredients. There's sliced bananas as well. Ooh, so a little update for us. So there's some healthy stuff in there to, to yeah, tie into there's that, some health those in there. marshmallows. Yeah. It, it I didn't have any. I just don't eat. It's too sweet. That's ah, way too sweet. Yeah, I just can't do it. I got down on some turkey the day after Thanksgiving or two days after we had some people up at our cabin. I made a mean tri-tip. Nice. It was so How um, is the community up there when it's the holidays. Is it like completely packed or is it quiet? Uh, at my cabin? Yeah. Medium. Medium. Okay. Medium I packed. Would, I could imagine like that, that'd be even an awesome spot to host oh. Thanksgiving if you had a bunch of people that could make it up there. The only thing is this time of year is like veteran cold weather. It's not snowy. It's icy. Yeah. Because there's no clouds. It's a constant 11 to 27, 37 degrees. It was so damn cold. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty damn cold. Yeah. But other than that, it was pretty good. Did, did some hot tub in 
Went out and got some pizza from the local joint up there, Great Gold. If you're in Truckee, California, check yeah, them out. They're amazing. Awesome. Oh, dude, yeah. so much freaking cheese on the crust. Oh. Guys, it's a wonderful time to be alive. Happy December. Happy December. We're rounding out the month. Oh, I guess and it's November still. Yeah. Forget it. We no. are moving into the final month of the year, though. As Ed Mylett would say, it's separation season. I know you and I are getting after it. We're networking. We're investing. We're getting our financial house in order. We're setting yeah. goals, gearing up for 2024. Anybody that's out in Arizona, I will be out in Arizona area Sunday through Tuesday evening. I'm leaving Wednesday morning. I'm going to go out there. I have to do some TV recordings. Got to be on the news. I've been doing some social media stuff. Cool. So if anybody's out there, where shoot me a DM. at and where can they reach you at? Shoot me a DM. I'll be in Scottsdale. Is it safe to say where I'm staying? Maybe not. I'll be in a hotel. If you DM me, I'll let you know where I'm at. There we go. But yeah, just hit me up. Just want to let anybody know who wants to network or meet up or have a drink or bite to eat. I'll be free in the evenings. I have a car. I actually have a driver. So I'll be ready to meet up. Beautiful. For those of you that are new to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on all podcasting platforms. If you enjoy the show, all we ask, leave a review. And of course, if you have not taken advantage of your free financial x-ray, now might actually be the perfect time. Come on over, We're baby. talking about investments right now in terms of some of the stuff that I'm investing in without you, some of the stuff I'm investing in with you, with some, me? some of the stuff that you're doing on both sides of that fence as well. Yeah. And now is the time to really play the game of this last uh, month. I how you close your year out is just as important as how you start your year out and obviously Amen. everything in between. And those are discussions that you should be having right now with your financial advisor. Um, I'm obviously looking at my real estate investment portfolio and then what's left over and how I can play the tax game and some of the money that I give to you at the end of the year. So if you aren't doing that with your financial advisor, one, I highly recommend you do it. Or if you don't, this is a perfect time to take advantage of the free financial x-ray. Yes, it is. Ryan and his amazing team will literally go through your entire investment portfolio and probably speak to it a little bit better about specifically, especially right now, what are some of the good things to be looking for, planning for in a financial portfolio review. Tax loss harvesting is going on right now. So if you bought any crappy stocks, like for speculating, it's a good time to get rid of your dogs towards the end of the year. A lot of that happened already in October, which is why we saw yep. a larger dip than we, we may have. Making contributions to qualified accounts, unless you want to do backdated contributions, making sure that you're not over-contributing because that can be a little bit of a pain in the ass to get the money back out. But really just making sure you're sticking to your game plan for... A lot of my clients that are hitting me up right now, what they're doing is they're putting chunks into... Um, I like brokerage accounts over qualified accounts. So they're putting chunks of money into the brokerage accounts and seeing the benefits from it. One of yeah. my... One of uh, our good friends, Pauly Ali, he made that move. Shout out, Paul. Good, miss you, bud. And that's really panned out good because the timing... You don't ever know when those deposits are going to be like, hey, I'm buying a bottom or I'm getting in at a middle or a top. But it ended up being a, a move that flipped about 8% for him just in a few weeks. So that type of mentality will pay off in the long run when you make large deposits, when you have excess savings to your investment accounts, when you steal dollar cost average, which is just automatic contributions monthly, bi-monthly, weekly, however you want to set up to your accounts. And then you put your accounts on drip. And you're even ripping. Yeah, you're doing the exact same thing. And then there's stuff like Matt. I think you were talking about doing some 
pre... I'm doing another pre-IPO. Yeah, pre-IPO stuff. And mainly, guys, that is not something I do or want to do. And the reason is, we are way too small to do it. (laughs) You have to be pretty big uh, to get offered pre-IPO securities. And they normally going to do it from the big two or three it's, names, the underwriters of it. It's a it. shop out of New York. Yeah, they've exactly. Been, they've been and that's could probably specialized for it. Early, <clears throat> mid early nineties, and and, and he only puts out a couple a year because they're not just trying to funnel any and every deal that comes across their plate out to high net worth investors. They want to make sure that they're putting quality out, right? And therefore, that obviously narrows down the scope of what kind of yep. offerings that you're going to see. Hence, same thing I do, right? I get a lot of opportunities that I can raise money for. Just 99 out of 100 just don't make sense. One, because it's got to be something I want to throw money into myself. And two, it's got to be something that I feel comfortable putting out to people that I know are going to be investing their hard-earned money in as well. If you haven't taken advantage of the free financial x-ray, long way of saying, text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Having a plan for 2024, this might be, at least in my opinion, I'll just say for myself, it is, and I'm going to say that this is single-handedly the most important next 12 months of my entire investing career ever. Damn. And the reason why I'm saying that is I believe that one, there's going to be some chaos and some volatility, which I think will lead to some massive opportunity, which I think if you take advantage of and prepare and plan and execute and capitalize on these next 12 months, it could be 12 months in hindsight that you look back on in a decade and say that was single-handedly the most important 12 months of my investing career that set me, my family, my future up in a way that I'm so glad I did what I did. And I know there's going to be a lot of people like I was one in 2014, 15, and 16 going, damn, I wish I would have invested more money in 2010, 11, and 12, which I think a lot of people said the same thing, right? All in hindsight. But I do believe that kind of market, those kind of opportunities are going to be out there in the next 12 months. And Obviously, we're going to be tapped in Mm -hmm. and sharing our experience and what you're doing on your side, what I'm doing on my side. Obviously, Ryan and I cross-pollinate a lot with our own investments with each other and also with just our communities and our clients and things along those lines. So we'll keep you guys in the loop on that. But X-Ray 844-447-1555 is a really easy and simple way to get connected with Ryan and his team. And of course, all my credit investors that want to be in the loop on investment opportunities in 2024 that I'm investing in or putting out to my network, you do have to be an accredited investor. Text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555. Don't forget to take advantage of the Black Friday specials we got in the Millionaire Mindcast store for you guys. Really up in the value. Anthony, Ulysses, the entire team has just crushed getting the store and the value in the store to a whole nother level for you guys. So be sure to check out shop.millionairemindcast.com. Any Black Friday deals that you took advantage of this year? I know it's a little out there, but yeah, I know you like good deals. So I didn't take advantage of any Black Friday deals. Oh, you probably was I was in the mix. <laughs> I just buy things whenever I want them and I get them. Sometimes they're on sale, sometimes they're not. I'm I actually got on today and I looked at getting an iPad and I just was like, I won't use it that much. So I don't need it. <laughs> I, I always do that too. I add a bunch of shit into my cart. Yeah. Or even when I'm shopping at a store, I'll have a bunch of shit like over my arm and then I'll be like, 
I just put it in my brokerage account. Yeah, I think I'm going to put that back. I, I was going to spend $510 on this iPad Air. And I was like, yeah, no, just put it in my brokerage yeah. account. I would say my best Black Friday purchase was a new sauna and a red light for the sauna. Mm. Um, continuing to build up my man cave. There you go. And get my wellness routine and biohacking to another level in 2024. So I'm excited about that. I got the girls a bunch of stuff too. But um, some pretty big breaking news today. I, I know. A very iconic pioneer. You're taking... Wow, you're taking your hat, hat off. off. That means there's a lot of respect for this man. I Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's part of Berkshire Hathaway has died at 99 years old. First and foremost, 99 is epic. That is a great And to say, <laughs> when you go and look at this dude's resume and what he accomplished in his 99 years, an absolute legend in the, not only just the financial markets world, but just investing and what's possible and how he really did pioneer so many different ways of the financial markets and the history of how that's unfolded. But just in general of how he really pioneered a lot of industries as a whole through their investing and the decisions that they were making is pretty amazing. Yeah, I shout out to the Berkshire Hathaway lovers. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I love from Mr. Man, I almost called him Madoff. Mr. Munger. Main thing I like about him is he was tried and true on what we preach a lot where things don't have to be sexy to work. Warren Buffett has been on that horse for a while. Got a little more exploratory in the past, in these past couple of years with his purchase of Apple stock. That was a huge move for the company. But I really like them and I've learned a lot from them. And good on to learn from somebody like that does something consistently because they do it well and doubles down and triples down and lets that kind of pay dividends for them long term, literally and figuratively. So yeah, crazy. You even have in the back of your head that's, oh man, one day this we'll be saying this for Warren Buffett, which is crazy because we've talked about him our whole entire lives. Mm -hmm. That we, well, our entire lives when we were in the investing world. Yep. A good reminder that tomorrow's never promised. Rest in peace to Charlie Munger. And hopefully Burke's got, and I know they do have good pupils lined up to take over for these guys when they're, yeah, yeah. They got a pretty deep pool of badasses that they've mm -hmm. been, yeah that have been shadowing them and waiting in the ranks to get called up. So it'll be interesting to see the future and the direction. I'm actually just curious to hear what Warren Buffett's going to say about it. Because I know I'm sure he'll he do made some a amazing... Oh, okay. Tribute yeah, yeah. he just said that the, the, the snippet that I read from it was the company would not have gotten to the level of prestige or successful level that it's at without Charlie. So we wanted to thank him for that. Yeah, for sure. We've been talking about the consumer sentiment softening. And yet we see headlines like this, Black Friday sales totaled $9.8 billion for US e-commerce sales, a 7.5% year-over-year increase in revenue and above the $9.6 billion estimate. Shopify global online sales peaked at $4.2 million in revenue per minute on Black Friday. Amazon change the advertising game the way that they did the $100 million purchase to broadcast the first ever NFL Friday football game, which was streaming live free for anybody. You could make purchases on their store while watching the football game. Yeah, it was up at the top. Well, it, it was just crazy. And we've continued to talk more and more about 
consumer sentiment softening, things are slowing, and yet you see stuff like this. You haven't. You're right. You've been of the camp that don't underestimate I do not hide on that BS of the American consumer. Anybody who says that there's a recession or any of that bullshit is not boots on the ground in the street. They're not. And I also saw reports that it was a dud. Black Friday was a dud. Reports that it was only up 2.5%, which is BS too. Sales are up year over year, 7.5%, with inflation up about 7%. Yes. They're still net up even after you account for inflation. So I, what's going to happen, folks? Let's do some basic math. People spend money. That company gets money, makes profit. Shareholders of company share in profit. Stock price goes up. People who hold stock make money. Yay. And the cycle repeats itself. (laughs) So this, there will not... We're going to get our GDP numbers tomorrow, I believe. Our estimates are going to be 4.9. I think even with the deflator, uh, which takes out some of the more hot areas of that can boost that number up. I still think we're going to get a 3.5 to 3.7 print on that. Those are just boohoo naysayer, boomer pieces of crap that keep pushing this recession narrative. And it sucks because it confuses the consumer on what to do. There's not enough people like myself that are willing to take the risk of being wrong and say what the data actually lines up and is pointing to. Jeremy Siegel has been one of the only large Main Street analysts that has been a bull during the time when it, it hasn't. And also, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Yardeni Research, Yardeni Research Group. Yeah. yeah, they've also been very Ed, good. Ed Yardeni, but there's another one that works for them. Tom can't remember his name. He's also a pretty big Bitcoin bull. Mm. I respect somebody when they're like that, but they're giving out good information on both sides. Yep, It's not in the cards for there to be any sort of recession. It would be interesting to see, and this is a little bit of a side random thought, but it would be interesting to see how much momentum could be built in a positive direction, in a bullish direction, if all of the main information sources that the majority of the masses tap into actually aligned. Mm-hmm. If it was like a bull sentiment or even a bear sentiment, right? But just seeing if there was alignment and unity in the narrative versus all of these... Better, better. Yeah. And just the complete opposites from one side to the other, really, like you said, confusing people on what to do. Oh, there's this conflicting data and there's this person saying this. It would just be really interesting to see what kind of power the US economy could create and build if there was a unified narrative that was actually trusted. It just blows my mind. I'm fucking sitting here in sweatpants and a t-shirt with a goat on my hat. And I'm (laughs) fucking calling this better than most of the analysts that are getting paid millions of dollars on Wall Street. MBAs at Ivy League school. But they are tapped into the matrix. They're on somebody's payroll. They they are playing the game. And you're outside of the game like most, I would say polarizing and pioneering people are because you're just not stuck into your little box and cubby and they know they can't you can't go outside of that you're a little bit of a a wild bull yeah i love being a bull which is great Uh, that's why i love always having these conversations with you right and why we you and i like talking in the realms that we talk in because we're not beholden to anybody specific to what narrative we have to say or what we can't talk about yeah, and I, I don't have a huge following on my Twitter, but I do try to post some stuff every once in a while on my Twitter so it's in writing, dated, it's on there. Oh, you'll blow up at some point. It's just um, a matter of time. And I just want 
I want people to know that it's not that hard to be successful at investing, even in real estate. It's definitely takes it just a little takes bit time, man. Yeah, it takes time, effort, and energy. And that's the biggest thing is most people just don't want to put in the time. They want it too fast these days. They do. And don't get me wrong, we, we all do. Don't I want six pack abs like the second I decide that my my belly's a little too fluffy. I want a million bucks in my account the second I say I want to make a million bucks, but it's just not the reality of the world and I think there's hopefully more and more people starting to because we got in this quick hit mentality and world that now the narrative kind of swung back and more and more people who are successful are talking about that not being the case. And hopefully, younger generations and people are subscribing to that mindset a little bit more. Because if the younger generations do get on board with that, we're gonna have a lot of wealthy people in 20, 30 years. Yeah. And I think the younger generation is better than even I want to make it out to be, at least as far as investing, because investing is like interesting. It wasn't something that we really talked about when we were in high school or middle school. I don't think as much as kids now talk about it because they have it at their fingertips. Um, but yeah, the good decisions pay off long. That's, that's just the bottom line. Good decisions pay off in the long run. Yep. Agreed. It is interesting that we see the data consumer sentiment really... It's gone up the last two reports. Yeah, being relatively strong. Back above data 100. in terms of sales, GDP, a lot of things that support the consumer being relatively stable and strong are there. And yet we see, you know, reports like this, lending club... Although inflation is cooling, households are still feeling squeezed as of October. 60% of adults said they're living paycheck to paycheck, according to this Lending Club report. The figure is unchanged from last year. Overall, 4 in 10 consumers consider themselves worse off relative to 2022. I hear that statistic get thrown around a lot. Mm. The ability of US households to cover an unexpected $2,000 expense is at the lowest level in a decade. Mm -hmm. This was from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So it's weird how we get those kind of prints and that kind of data. And yet, we consistently keep hearing some of these headlines or these reports or studies from individuals stating these types of scenarios for themselves. Like, where is this disconnect in your opinion? Because I just don't get it. I think that the fact that inflation is still somewhat secular is probably having an effect, meaning that although inflation has come down from a data perspective, the data hasn't hit the the street yet. The rubber hasn't hit the road necessarily in all areas. I will say I paid $6 for a carton of eggs yesterday, like premium pasture-raised eggs, which is a high higher quality product at the dairy product. Milk was a was $2 for a gallon. I'm at Nugget. I'm at a premium grocer, like a Whole Foods to give y'all an idea. Just cut out the liberalness. And it those, those grocers, I, am I paying more than I was paying two years ago? Yes. But I would be paying, regardless of what happened, I would be paying more in two years at any point in time because cost of goods and services go up every year. Mm -hmm. Inflation doesn't really go backwards. Yep. There's not really... I mean, there is quote unquote negative inflation, but look at the cost of a stamp, look at the cost of a gallon of gas 20 yeah. years ago. Things, cost of goods and services go up, which is why you have to invest so your assets grow and work. And in retirement, we have to have our uh, income growing and increasing. But 
I don't think it's as bad as it was. I think right now people are questioning how sticky is it going to be? Mm-hmm. That's more of an accurate question, in my opinion. Okay, we've got it under control. It's going down in these areas. When am I going to feel it? I would say the consumer is getting a taste of that at the pump right now because nationwide gas prices have gone down quite a bit because we saw energy prices pull back. Oil is trading above, I believe, low 70s for a barrel of uh, oil where it was in the 90s just about two months ago. One of the reasons that removed that as part of the core calculation number. I think that's going to slowly push through and probably in between January and February of next year, we're going to start feeling that. I think, no, the stores are going to keep their prices high for they can. Yeah. You already see videos on the internet of people walking through on Black Friday deals and pulling back the thing. It's the exact same price as it was. They're just calling it a, a, a sale, but yeah. it's not. And that's marketing and they're allowed to do that. But I think that's going to start rearing its ugly head because what will happen is people will spend less on those items. There'll be excessive inventory. When there's excessive in- inventory, we have sales. Mm-hmm. So those sales will push through and that'll keep prices lower because they want to adjust up as high after the sale. Yeah, agreed. I just saw that the TSA, you know, on Monday, they said it recorded its busiest day of air travel in history ever. That means that those airlines are buying fuel, which means that companies are selling fuel, which means that people are buying plane tickets, which means the plane tickets are probably the most right. expensive there. Guys, 2.9 million passengers right at there. airports nationwide. And again, for an economy that is supposedly going into a recession and inflation is running away, I think those narratives, whoever's holding on to those are pretty long in the tooth. And Yeah, it was hard to be in this fucking camp since June of this year. Yeah, I think it's starting to it's starting to align with a lot of what you've I said. I said November and December it was going to start turning. I didn't know we were going to get a market dip again like we did in 22. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of that was due to tax loss harvesting because we normally would get that in the April, May time and we didn't get that. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still have issues that we got to work 100%. through, right? Affordability, home ownership. They're, just, they're just coming to a head. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 2024 is... We've been talking about it for some time now. Yeah, because fucking Biden's president. Yeah. That's why we every year is like, oh, 2022. 2023. We just need a new... We need a new administration because policy is holding us back. Yeah, I think 2024 is going to be that linchpin year that sets the narrative on a different path. And I think a lot of the data is going to align and support that. It'll be interesting. I know just going to commercial real estate, commercial real estate next year is going to be... That's when I think the dam is going to break and certain... The floods are going to happen. They're not going to hit everybody and wipe out every town. But they're going to make their way metaphorically into certain camps of real estate product. It's going to create some hardship. She's That's going to create some great opportunity. Popcorn for San Francisco. <laughs> yes, San Fran. I'm still bullish on big cities making a comeback. They're just going to have to go through a cycle of correction. Pain. And it, it, that's the word, is pain. But here's what I will say. I was thinking about this because a couple of the business owners that I consult and coach with and things like that that want to get into commercial real estate investing... I've helped a, you know, a handful of my clients buy their first commercial real estate asset that their business operates out of. Mm-hmm. And if you're a business owner and you don't own 
the physical and if you're a business owner that operates out of a physical space, a retail space or an office space, if you're a business owner that has stability and is looking to grow, if you don't own the real estate that you currently operate out of, this may be the greatest opportunity that you'll see, at least thus far, in your career to not only grow your business value, but also add on an asset to your balance sheet that will significantly grow because of the control you have on the income stream that will be tied to that physical asset, i.e. your business. Mm. So you can play both sides of the fence. And on paper, there's a lot of manipulation that you can do as well. But if you're a business owner that is paying somebody else rent, and you have the ability to go and find a retail space or an office space that is vacant right now, because there's going to be more and more of those that come out with motivated sellers that are willing to negotiate on price because of a vacancy or multiple vacancies or the whole building is dark and you are a potential tenant for that building, but you can find a way to own it and you can get it at 50 cents on the dollar. And then you can go and tie an income stream to it by leasing it to yourself out of your holding company. Now, all of a sudden, because commercial real estate trades on cap rates, you have now an asset that has way more NOI than it did prior. And you are based on that cap rate, forcing in a new level of value into that asset. You can play the cost set game and offset taxes. You have now a physical asset that's going to appreciate whether you do anything or not. You got cash flow potentially tied to it. There's so many different ways that you can really take advantage if you're a business owner this next commercial real estate buying season. And that's a lot of what I've been working on with different clients. And it's things that I'm obviously doing myself. And I think there's just going to be massive. Here's a perfect example. You, let's just say you pay 5000 bucks a month. That's 60 k annually. And if you were to buy a commercial asset that's 500000 bucks, and you go and infuse another 60000 annually to that deal... And obviously, let's assume that it's going to be... I'm just using cash purposes for this conversation, but net net operating income goes up by 60K and you divide that by a 7 cap. That's $857,000 in value that asset would be. So just by you going into that space, you now own the asset. It's going to be worth $857,000 versus the 500 that you paid for it. And now you have all of these advantages that you can take take advantage of by being an owner, but now you're also the tenant in the space too. Yeah. So I think there's going to be massive opportunities like that out there for business owners. And if you're a business owner and you don't own the real estate, it's why McDonald's is best business models on planet Earth. Real estate company. It, but they knew that they could put a business in there that generated X income to the holding company that made the value of that dirt and that asset X because of that income and rinse and repeat that model. If you're a business owner and you're not doing that for yourself, you're missing, missing out on out. a great opportunity. So with that being said, I know that single family real estate, really not a ton of news out on that this week, except no. for new home sales dropped 5.6% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 679,000 units last month. This is from the commerce, the commerce department. Goldman Sachs has said that the impact of sustained higher mortgage rates will be most pronounced in 2024. 
And they estimated that transactions will fall to the lowest level since the early 1990s. I'm not sure if I fully buy into that. Because if the Fed really starts lowering rates as they have... They will. Pretty much said, I think... They're for sure going to do it between... What have I been saying for six months almost? Between March and June of next year. Yep. And now they're set up to be way more aggressive after today's comments. But yeah, I think, what is it, Waller? Yeah. Uh, from the governor, Fed. The governor. Said that... They're going to... Their next move is they're going to cut. They're done raising rates. They're positive. verbatim said they're done raising so rates. So all the people that have been in the camp that there's still maybe another potential raise. All the people that have been in my comment section on my appeals <laughs> telling me there's absolutely no chance that there's uh, going to be any rate cuts and they're going to have to drastically raise rates. Psych! No, they're not. They're going to cut rates between March and June of next year, like I've been saying. And the reason they're going to do that is because that's what the Fed futures have been saying for about eight months. So I wish I could say I rubbed a ball and came up with that one, but I used uh, two brain cells, rubbed them together and went to the Fed futures. And where they tell you, where they put the money, where things are going to go. That is now indicating a much more aggressive cut path, maybe down to 3.75. Yeah, so... By next, by this time next year, and we were talking on the last meeting at being four and a quarter, four and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's so, huge. so so if that does happen, what they're stating of at least this is Goldman Sachs camp stating that they think transactions will fall to the lowest level since the early 1990s. I don't uh, agree yeah, with no. that. I think we will have seen the lowest rate of transactions right now, right now yeah. that we're in it. And when they start those cuts in 2024, I think we're definitely gonna see things ramp back up. When they start those cuts, I'm not I've Literally every lender's office is going to be playing Jesus Take the Wheel. Yeah, they're going to be they're very happy super. about that. So right now, in, uh, this is from Governor Christopher Waller, who's basically the most hawkish and influential voice at the central bank. He said inflation rates are moving along pretty much like I thought. I am increasingly confident the policy is currently well positioned to slow the economy and get inflation back to 2%. He said he also is reasonably confident of doing so without a sharp rise in the unemployment rate, which is currently at 3.9%. If the decline in inflation continues for several more months, three months, four months, five months, we could start lowering the policy rate just because inflation is lower. It has nothing to do with trying to save the economy. It is consistent with every policy rule. There's no reason to say we will keep it really high. So he basically... Say that's called white flag, baby. That's yeah. a sexy white flag. But yeah, that's, like, that's where you throw it up and say, hey, we're good. We got to hold where we are. But the next move that we make is going down. And what do you say? Three to five months. That's going to line up exactly within that timeline that I said. And I'm expecting the next thing you're going to hear, mark my words, people that have been pushing the narrative of that's not going to happen. Now they're going to tell you it's going to happen. And they're going to say, oh, yeah. And when it happens, it's going to cause a recession. I, like they literally, it's like being on CNN and, and taking a drink every time you hear the word Trump. You <laughs> will get punch drunk off of hearing the word recession. But that's how, it's one of the biggest indicators that it's not going to happen because recessions tend to happen because things happen that aren't supposed to. Too many people are calling for a recession, in my opinion, my humble opinion, for there to be one. Yep. If there was going to be a recession, people would not know about it. 
Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. That's for sure. I want to wrap up today's conversation with a little philosophical debate on whether money buys happiness. And just curious on your thoughts around this. Because I've heard... You've heard the argument on both sides. Mainly, a lot of people saying, no, money doesn't buy happiness. I think you and I are in the camp that it does. To a certain extent. Yeah. But we can talk about that in a second. I want to get your thoughts on... I saw this quote and I've had a handful of people ask me questions about it. They are individuals that see life insurance as a great vehicle for building wealth, using it for investments, obviously for the benefits that it you know provides. And this was something that Gary Brecka which who I've been loving a ton of his stuff. I'm not sure if he understands investing and how this all ties together, but he's been the guy behind Dana White, Evander Holyfield, like some of the big health transformations of big celebrities. And he's the ultimate biohacker guy right now. He put this out about life insurance and having your Jabberwocky and whether or not that will dictate what kind of coverage you get through life insurance. So I wanted to get your take on this Tom, let's tee this up real quick. Life insurance trends. What you're going to find is if you were vaccinated, you can get preferred, not super preferred coverage. If you were vaccinated and double boosted, you may be able to get standard coverage. You will not get preferred. If you're vaccinated and triple boosted, you won't be able to get standard coverage. You'll be table rated. If you're quadruple boosted, you will not be able to get life insurance. If you watch life insurance. So that was, I was like, if this is true, your boy's got some liquid gold running through his veins right now. I'm going to get the best coverage possible. But I sent it over to you for people that have either gotten vaccinated or multiple or not. Is there any indication that they're going to get better coverage, treatment? Any benefits to that in the world of life insurance? No, I don't really. That just seems like a little crap to me. 
I'm not saying that it won't happen. I joked with you that I was, I would laugh if that did happen because yeah. that'd be due for anybody who was pushing something on somebody. But I, I don't. That's not a current health question with any insurer that I am with. In fact, all they're asking is if you've had COVID in the last 14 days before they delivered policy. That's pretty much it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that that person, I don't remember his name, is just saying that to get some... Gary Brecca? Yeah, I think that's a few grab. I don't... And I don't think that he would be able to produce data to support that. Yeah. In fact, I'm highly confident there is no data that supports that. Yeah, I'm curious where he got that from and... Like, theoretically, right? If you were somebody that wasn't, I think it's just a theoretical like point of view that he's applying as a fact, and it's definitely not a fact. Like you've, I'm not vaccinated, and I chose not to do that. And if you chose to be vaccinated, you have no issue getting life insurance right now. Now, if you have a complication due to being vaccinated, sure, I think that's any vaccine from anything. If you have a complication, that's going to add. Under, some, insurance companies underwrite, yeah, underwrite right? risk. Yeah. So if you have a higher risk to your life expectancy, yes, an insurance company is going to take that into consideration. I do not see them right now saying, are you vaccinated and how many times you've been boosted? They could find that out. It's on your MIB. I don't see them asking that. And I don't, I, I also don't know or have not heard of them taking that into consideration. Cool. I'll ask one of the head underwriters of an insurance company and we'll see what she says. For those of you that did ask, there's your answer. And at the end of the day, life insurance is still an unbelievably, insanely beneficial life tool as well as a wealth building tool. So if you're not taking advantage of that, definitely something I suggest connecting with Ryan and his team. You can do that too by texting the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. To wrap things up, 60% of Americans believe money can buy happiness. This is a new study from New York Times. What are your thoughts on that? I think money will not buy you true happiness from the bottom of your heart. It will not make you happy. But it can give you the opportunity to not sell your time. And time freedom is what money really buys. And I would argue that time freedom can provide you happiness. Mm -hmm. That I will not argue. Having the freedom to choose to spend your time as you see fit with who you want and how you want to do it without any holds bar, that requires money. But having money doesn't mean that you have time freedom. Yeah. If money gets you time freedom, I would agree that yes, you have bought happiness because you no longer sell your time to somebody else in order to make money. You have gotten to the point where your passive income is high enough where time freedom is what you've you're, you've got for that. So time freedom is the ultimate thing in my opinion. Yeah, I feel very aligned with that answer. Because to me, I feel like money stresses can become all-consuming for people. Yeah. And, and money, not a lack of financial abundance and money robs people of their happiness and has them on their heels in so many aspects of their life that I think creates unhappiness. I don't think money is the ultimate key for unlocking happiness. I think happiness is an inside job. And there's a lot of internal work. I know a lot of people that don't have a lot of money that are very happy people. They're very confident in who they are. They've done a lot of investment into themselves, their spirituality, things that make them happy. And a lot of it doesn't have to do with money. I will say, though, 
when I went down this list and started thinking about what are all the things that money can do for you. One, it provides basic needs and comfort. It gives you access to things, whether that's access to education, it's access to experiences, it's access to a coach, to people, a network, right? That's something that I think can unlock a lot of great things. It is access to improving your health. There's a lot of things that have brought me happiness that were tied to my health improving, that were tied to me experimenting with financial investments into those things that unlock that for me. So I think that's something that is important. I talked about kind of the the stress reduction of I'll just say I'm way less stressed when I got a lot of money <laughs> than mm-hmm. when I didn't have any money. I have a much higher quality of life on the things that I can do for myself, the things that I can do for my family, the things that I can do for friends and people and just strangers that I didn't have the ability to do and that brings a lot of selfless joy into my life that brings happiness. Freedom and choices, financial independence provides individuals with the freedom to make choices that align with their values. Think of how many people do things because they're financially like holden to that decision. And it might not be something that they really want to do or really want to say. But I know a lot of people who made decisions in 2020 because financially they to do those things to provide for themselves and their families. And it led to a lot of unhappiness. Oh, yeah. Right? I think we can fill in the blanks from there. Generosity, retirement planning, achieving goals. A lot of those things can be accelerated with money. So does money ultimately equal happiness? Man, that's a good debate. Depends on how you use it. But I I was going to say, I think it's just a—it's the most powerful tool that can run parallel and complementary to your life that can accelerate exponentially compound and grow your happiness. I don't think it is the root of your happiness. Agreed. I'd be curious on your guys' thoughts on that. And if you've got any great articles, videos, or comments, shoot those in 844-447-1555. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Don't forget to take advantage of the free financial x-ray. Get on my accredited investor deals list. Text the word X-ray. Text the word deals to 844-447-1555. If you guys enjoy the show, all we ask, leave a review, share this with a friend, a family member. And of course, don't forget to tune in each and every week. With that being said, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. We appreciate you guys. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really, in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray 
One word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last, don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. Cheers.